Welcome to the Innocence Project London podcast. My name is Louise Hewitt and I'm the director of the organisation. The Innocence Project London is a pro bono law clinic and charity which deconstructs claims of innocence from convicted individuals who exhausted the criminal appeals process. We aim to make applications to the Criminal Cases Review Commission. Okay, welcome to this um, episode of the Innocence Project London podcast. I'm joined by two of the student um, caseworkers today, Zara and Daniela. Zara, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm Zara. I'm a third year criminology and criminal psychology student. And this is my first year volunteering at the Innocence Project. Excellent. And Daniela? Hi, I'm Daniela. Um, I'm also studying criminology and criminal psychology. This is my final year and also my first year of doing the Innocence Project work. So I've got two two criminologists here today, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, so I think the first question has to be, how did you hear about the Innocence Project London? Um, Daniela, I'm going to come to you first. Um, so I've seen it on, um, on TV. When I first heard about it, I thought it was just strictly um, for the American system. I didn't think it, it was in the UK. And then obviously when I started university, I heard about it through um, emails and... Um, there's opportunities to volunteer and things like that. So I thought it'd be a great opportunity. So I went ahead and applied for it. Oh, excellent. And what about you, Zara? Exactly the same. I heard about it. I actually watched a Netflix series called People versus O.J. Simpson. Okay. Which is based on the real case of O.J. Simpson and everything that happened afterwards. And towards the end, they were showing like real life people who were inside the case and who were working on his defense team. And they mentioned Barry Sheck, who obviously co-founded the Innocence Project in the U.S. And then in my second year at uni, I saw an email that said opportunity to volunteer with the Innocence Project. And that rang a bell. And I was like, oh, where did I hear that? So I decided to apply in my third year just to gain some experience. Excellent. And did either of you know much about innocence work or kind of what innocence projects really did beyond that of maybe kind of documentaries or anything like that Zara not really I just heard that it used DNA to overturn convictions but I didn't know much about the UK version of it and what about you Daniela yeah the same really um I thought it was like in just in America until I came to uni so um I didn't know too much about yeah the innocence project in in England I just want to take this opportunity to thank our production partner and sponsor, Jano Media, for their support in delivering this podcast. They've helped us to facilitate great conversations that connect us with our audience and their skills and expertise mean we can concentrate exclusively on generating great content to engage, inform and inspire. So what were your expectations then, Daniela, in terms of when you applied to volunteer on the project? What, what, what did you expect? Um, so I expected, um, it's a tough one, to be, I know. Yeah, it's a tough question. To obviously help, um, someone who's maintaining their innocence, yeah. um, to be freed from prison. Um, I did expect that, but obviously being a criminology student, um, I wasn't too sure on what, how much law there would be, um, what work there would be, but. Yeah, it's been it's been a good experience so far. It's been really insightful, um, and it's opened my perspective of the criminal justice system. Did um, you think you'd get someone out of prison in a year? No, no. I did think it would be be a long process. I didn't think it would be easy, but it's um, 
it's more difficult than I thought it would be. We'll pick <laughs> yeah. up on that in a minute. Zara, what about you in terms of kind of expectations versus reality? I will have to say I was very naive and I thought we would just get a case, work on it and then get someone out of prison. Oh, I you were the one yeah. person. You were that person. Okay, like, that's fine. This is what it's going to be. And then we get sent a stack of paperwork and I was like, okay, that's not happening. <laughs> it was very, put me down a bit, but... Mm you know keeping what the, the, the volume the paper yeah, the case files definitely. did that surprise you both in terms of the sheer amount of documentation that appears kind of through the trial process or that goes into the trial process did that volume of paperwork surprise you it didn't so much surprise me it was just um it was just a bit confusing because I've never really well I've not I don't I'm new to like all the terminology um so and obviously I've never done anything within law, but I've got family members who work in the criminal justice system who okay. are legal representatives. So I know how much like work they have to do and what they have to read yeah. um, just for one case. So, yeah. And the, But did the paperwork surprise you, Zara? Yeah, it did. It was a <laughs> lot of paperwork. Even, I think even you said that we have the least amount of paperwork. Yes. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, out of I can't even imagine other casework groups. Like they must be swimming in papers. Mm. But I think it's just... As Daniela said, since we're doing criminology, we don't really understand the legal aspect of it. So it was like one appeal document, then another appeal, then grounds for appeal sound by, signed by the lawyer. And we were just a bit confused what each paper meant. It was just like the whole, we need to outline the steps and what paper goes after what. So it was a steep learning curve then yeah. in yeah. terms of kind of that, that, I suppose, legal process that comes with kind of the court case and, yeah. and everything else. Yeah, definitely. What's, what's, what have you found challenging, aside from the paperwork, what have you found to be, I suppose, one of the most challenging aspects of kind of casework or your case in particular? Danielle, I'll come to you. Um, it's been challenging sort of working. I like working as a group, um, but it's oh, been... it's been Yeah, I do like Aww. working as a group, actually, but... <laughs> Um, it's been challenging sort of being able to fit around our, t our schedules that we all have um, to meet up and do the work. So you kind of feel a little bit lost as to where we are with the case. And also the case that we have, I found it really not so much challenging, but interesting how the um, person that's been convicted has been put in prison with such little evidence mm. um so yeah a lot of things did surprise me which sort of made it more challenging to understand I guess yeah I think I think that going back to that point about group work that's we spoke about that didn't we um in a workshop we had earlier that's yeah. quite that's that's difficult isn't mm. it in terms of managing how people work in groups yeah. um but I think you probably, with the volume of paperwork, you kind of both agree that it's not necessarily, it's not a, it's not a solo effort, is it? There's no. A, there's a need for the reliance on people mm -hmm. to kind of, to work together. Yeah. Um, but how, how about you, Zara? How? I'd say in the beginning, it was a bit challenging to look at it as a real case because it was just someone's name on a paper and then there's a stack of paper relating from the, from the date when they were born until the trial and everything. And it was just... For me, I found it challenging to think of, oh, this is an actual person, like we're working on someone's case. Yeah. And then it dawned on me, like, I think during the holidays when I went home and everyone, I, I, all my entire family was asking, so what do you do? Like, <laughs> we know you got into the Innocence Project. That sounds so cool. And I was like, yeah, we're working on this case. Like, I can't 
talk too much because of like confidentiality agreements and stuff. They're like, oh my God, that's so interesting. And then as I was sitting down at dinner with my family, I just thought, well, I'm here, but someone's in prison. Yeah. And someone can't have the same experience because they have been wrongfully convicted and they're innocent. So I just, I don't know, just took me by surprise. I think sometimes when you're in the middle of casework, you don't realize how much you've learned or how indeed how much you know until someone asks you a question and then you, you're kind of talking yeah. about it more and engaging with it more. And it's almost like you're able to reflect back and take a moment and go, oh, I do know this. You know, yeah. this is, there's, there's such a lot here. There's component parts, but I kind mm-hmm. of know how it all fits together and know how it works. Has that real experience been very much through learning, through doing, do you think? In terms of, as criminologists, you'll know a lot more theory you'll know a lot more around the social connections of crime social justice the implications on society of crime yeah more so than law students or probably any other type of student that works on the innocence project london so how has that kind of real learning like putting those things into practice been taking kind of what you've learned in the classroom and maybe considering some of those theories has that has that been something you've done or not yet or is it something that is it something you've drawn on in terms of your classroom learning Daniela I'll come to you I think um we was kind of talking about this earlier um in the workshop um as criminologists I think we tend to have more empathy than than law students so that I think like when I first saw I wouldn't the disagree. Case. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think what it is is you you come in to the work from the perspective that convicted individuals are part of society. Yeah. Um already kind of maybe with that with that foundational understanding. Yeah. Um because you've you know your your degree is you know their discussions that you have from mm. the very basic of your degree. Yeah. Um I, yeah, I wouldn't disagree. No, yeah, <clears throat> we kind of believe in sorry the law people students. More. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. You have more empathy. Yeah. I think yeah. So. <laughs> and how does that help in terms of of kind of I suppose engaging with the work or does that help drive your work with your client, do you think? Or um or kind of is it just a different perspective that allows you to maybe look through kind of look at the case in a di- through a different lens yeah I think so just yeah a different perspective obviously there's a lot more aspects to to it but um yeah it has helped um having the criminology knowledge yeah in this case for sure yeah and I th- I just think from as a criminologist you bring you bring a different perspective, you yeah. bring a different type of conversation, yeah. which is one of the reasons why I initially opened up kind of the Instance Project to beyond law students because it's it's accessible. And I and I think now, ironically, I get more criminologists interested than law students, actually. Yeah. Um, but, but how about you? How has that kind of classroom knowledge translated into kind of your case or helped you um, with the learning on your case? I think definitely applying what we learned in class to our case and we're actually given a great opportunity to actually do that, to work on a real case. Um, But I think it's just, we were discussing earlier how we as criminologists study how to prevent crime. What are the reasons someone commits a crime and what's the best way to rehabilitate them? So we're talking about before someone enters the criminal justice system, but Mm -hmm. this is more what to do when someone who's innocent is in it and how to get them out so I think it's like a different perspective in a way and we're just learning as we go and it's a 
part it's of a that learning process. Yeah, I was going to say it's a long <laughs> process. Part yeah. of that learning through doing. So what drives you then? What was the, you know, you, you've said about how you found out about the Innocence Project London, but what are your drivers for applying to the project and, and kind of and wanting to, I suppose, undertake innocence work? Daniela. Um, so, yeah, I've always wanted to volunteer throughout my degree. Um, and the Innocence Project, um, you get the chance to to put, to put like your contribute can't say the word contribution <laughs> um into bettering the criminal justice system and helping someone that that needs that needs it there's such little help now for people that mm. are wrongfully convicted in the UK and what about you Zara yeah I definitely agree helping people and just you're a voice for someone who doesn't have a voice because it's been taken away from them unlawfully um but I think it's just when you talk to others what you do in like the innocence work people think you're like su a superhero they're like wow you're <laughs> breaking people out of prison <laughs> and um, if only it was that glamorous yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i'm like it's not as glamorous there's like about like a foot long of paperwork <laughs> yeah. standing in between that i think paperwork <laughs> is a theme here that yeah. i keep coming back to yeah but i just think just helping people i mean it's that simple just volunteering your time to help someone who help them. someone who can't help themselves necessarily mm -hmm. is that something do you think that will stay with you do you think that whole knowing and understanding how important it is to help people but also how important the work that you're doing is do you think that that notion of giving back is something that will maybe stay with you beyond the length of your degree I mean I definitely think so even when you talk with others and I feel like uh, people who don't work for the Innocence Project will think that your work is so amazing and they will constantly be like, but what you're doing is so great. Like I tell my friends and they're like, wow, this is so incredible. And I think that just gives me the motivation to keep going. Mm -hmm. And especially if at one point our case is successful and we manage to overturn an unsafe conviction, I think that'll just be an incredible boost of confidence. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree with Zara. Um, it'd be very rewarding to see um, it be successful at the end. Yeah. Um, but all the skills that I've learned so far and that I will continue to um, pick up, I'll definitely take with me in my in my future career. Yeah. And what and touching on future careers then, what 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 do you think might be, you know, what's the future career looking for you, Daniela? Um, I would like to go into clinical psychology. So it's a bit different to law or and criminology, I guess. But um, I've always been interested in working in the criminal justice system and doing work work like this, the Innocent, Innocence Project, um, to better the criminal justice system. Improve it in some yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. And how about you, Zara? What's this, what's future career look like for you? It's uncertain at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I went into Keeping your options open. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I went into uni thinking I was going to be a detective one day. Now I'm not so sure because through volunteering and my placement, I think like mentoring people who have either been convicted or are currently convicted. I think that's something that I'm very interested in, but just generally like giving back and helping better the criminal justice system, which seems like a daunting task, I think is just something everyone should strive towards. So how then do you think has your learning and your experience um, of working on the Instance Project London, how do you think that will kind of influence 
your future career. Daniela, you said about improving the criminal mm. justice system and making it better. How do you think your time spent on the Innocence Project London will kind of feed into that? Um, it gives you a good insight to how to how the work would be um, and a good a good picture. So, do you think you've got a different perspective of the criminal justice system now than yeah. maybe you did before you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, before you kind of started on the casework and things like that. Yeah, I didn't feel I didn't think it would be this. Um, Challenging, challenging, difficult, insert yeah. any of the above. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't think it would be that difficult at all. And um, what was your perspective of the criminal justice system then before you kind of started innocence work? Oh, I knew there mm. were flaws. I definitely agree. I thought they were definitely flaws, uh, especially with like prison population, but I didn't mm. think how easy was it to convict someone without actual physical or DNA evidence. Mm. So that was shocking to me when we first read our case. And I was, I, I was just thinking if I was on that jury, how, how would you, in your right mind, convict someone like that? So that was very shocking to me. So it's been eye-opening. Very. Yeah. So the case and the aspects of the case, the facets of it have been yeah. quite eye-opening. Yeah. How, what, you, you spoke about kind of the person, the individual, your client being the driver for your work, but also other people's enthusiasm for kind of what you do driving you on and kind of being something that kind of motivates you um what else what what do you find empowering I guess about carrying out innocence work Zara mm. I think generally when you hear stories of people who have been released from prison because of innocence different innocence projects I think it's very inspiring to hear their stories and how they talk so highly about the people who've worked on their case I think it's just hearing encouragement from others, mostly. It's very, very inspiring. So in terms of um, expectations then, kind of what you expected, you kind of both touched on the fact that it would be nice to get someone out of prison, mm. you know, in your time on the Innocence Project London, mm. but obviously recognising at the same time that it's really difficult to do that and achieve that. Mm. Um, is that something, is that more of a motivator or is that actually quite, can that be quite despondent, desponding at times? Can that make you quite despondent at times? What's the, how do you feel about that, uh, Danielle? Yeah, it obviously makes it a lot more challenging. You kind of like, feel like you're hitting a dead end sometimes. Mm. Um, but it's just being patient, I guess. Has it been because eye-opening in terms of realising that the system, the system can work fast, kind of putting people in prison. Yeah. But works a lot slower definitely yeah kind of the other way in yeah. terms of applications to the criminal cases review commission and appeals and things yeah. like that and there's no different treatment for people that actually are guilty and people that are maintaining their innocence yeah they just get the same the same um treatment throughout throughout their conviction and does it surprise you how difficult it is for individuals to maintain their innocence in prison. I know when we were doing the training, mm. we heard from a prison lawyer, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Who um, kind of spoke about kind of some of his cases and difficulties some of his clients faced. Zara, did that, was that surprising to you? Were you quite shocked about that? Or being criminologists and having that mm -hmm. kind of background knowledge, did that not, did that, was that not surprising? Well, it, it was surprising that just to think about how different, how basically how this, <laughs> people who are innocent and who are guilty are treated the same. That that was very surprising to me. 
because I mean, I always thought it's innocent until proven guilty, but it just shows how flawed the system is and how slow it is to actually get someone get someone's conviction overturned and how difficult it is it's, it's yeah. yeah it's very difficult so to anyone listening what would you say what would you what what would you say about innocence work to the listeners i mean how how impactful has it been for you daniela yeah it's been a great opportunity i've really enjoyed um the work that i've done so far um we need more people to do this kind <laughs> of work um so yeah if you're if you're interested definitely definitely you should um Get involved. Get involved, yeah. <laughs> How about you, Zara? I would definitely agree because, there, as you said, there's not many innocent projects within the UK that do this kind of work and people should just get involved. I mean, simple as that. And take the opportunity. Do yeah. you think you'll be in your, you know, whatever careers you go in, do you think you will speak about this type of work and what you've done and kind of like the importance of it and its place in the criminal justice system? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. For sure. That's good to know. Yeah, it's good to know this future <laughs> advocates for innocence work. Yeah, it's been yeah. great. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the podcast. It's been lovely mm-hmm. talking to you. Um, and I look forward to following your careers. Do you remember <laughs> the Innocence Project London, won't you? With I will. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you very, much. very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Innocence Project London podcast. If you would like to hear more conversations like this, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. At Jano Media, we recognize that great content has the power to create impactful and positive change for lives and society. Whether that's video, live streams, photography, or podcasts, partnering with us will enable you to harness the power of content to engage, inform, and inspire. Reach out to us today.